Mark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm John McGee, joined in the studio again by Caitlin Van Wagner, CVW. Welcome back. Hello. Glad to be here. So this is actually part two uh, of a session we're doing on giving and receiving feedback. And so if you haven't listened to part one, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that, how to give and receive feedback like a pro. And Caitlin, they should listen all the way to the end till we have a ruling on your vocabulary usage. It's true. Very important. Yeah. Very important. Oh, one more thing. Um, Before we get going, I want to let you know that um, in the show notes, there'll be a PDF and it will have um, the five ways you can give feedback like a pro, the five ways that you can receive feedback like a pro, and also these five best practices for when things don't go right. So uh, they'd be really helpful for you as an individual to look at, but our hope is uh, that you would talk about these uh, with your team. Okay. So... We have talked about um, previously how to give it and receive it. And today we're going to talk about what to do if it goes wrong. So this has happened to all of us. And so to John and I, including over and over again, where you're in a conversation, we've all been there and you're giving or receiving feedback. And all of a sudden the conversation just kind of goes sideways. There's confusion, potentially there's hurt. There's a couple of different factors that could play into it, but we've all been there. And so we want to give you some practical handholds and tools for what to do in that moment or immediately afterwards to get you back on track. I love it. So here we are. We're going to go through the five best practices uh, when feedback goes wrong. So So principle number one, recognize when conversation drift has happened. So like I said before, it's happened to everybody. You've been in a conversation and all of a sudden the conversation you're having is not the conversation you intended to have. I kind of liken it to feeling like you're in a maze. You're all of a sudden at this dead end and you're not 100% sure how you got there or where to go. You're just kind of stuck. So this has happened to me quite a lot. Um, And so where I found myself where that's kind of part of the conversation. And so I've gone back and I've dissected those conversations and I found that there are a couple of causes that can contribute to that. So the first... Um, is really on the part of the giver of the feedback. So often when I've done this, I found myself in a conversation where conversation drift has occurred. It's because I've, as the giver of the feedback, I've piled on too many things to give feedback on in one conversation. So you want to give them feedback about their meetings and all of a sudden you're tacking on maybe they're tardy to their meetings or they don't do follow-up notes or the way they dress. And then all of a sudden the conversation has so many things to hold. You kind of be, everyone becomes kind of overwhelmed in what to do and it's really hard to figure out what actionable next steps can come from that. So a principle to live by, specifically as the giver of the feedback, is to keep the main thing the main thing. When I And self-editing when you're giving feedback is really a service to the other person. Mm-hmm. So I try to focus on just the big rocks when I'm giving feedback to overlook those minor offenses and whenever possible, focus on those bigger issues. It helps avoid conversation drift and the conversation just being too cumbersome to find your way out of. So again, if the goal is to see change come out of this, uh, help people you know, understand what they can't see themselves so they can then begin to take action. Um, You really do people a disservice if you're kind of all over the place. And uh, sometimes it's you as the, um, you know, as the giver, you can kind of chase these rabbits. Uh, Sometimes it's them. Uh, If you're the receiver, you want to make sure that you're not kind of fighting people because then now they're, now they've got to feel like they've got to rein that piece in while they still try to give you the original feedback. And all of a sudden, you know, you can open up, you know, this kind of war on 10 different fronts and it's not really helpful because you don't know what to focus on. And so you do, I love this point, Caitlin, you want to really see if you can uh, focus in uh, on this and then, uh, and it really is for both It's both for the, the person who's giving the feedback. If you feel like it's, you know, kind of getting off track, just bring it back. Uh, and then for 
for you as a receiver, if you feel like it's kind of getting off track uh, or there's so many things uh, that are opened up, say, hey, again, could you tell me that, like the one or two things that you really wanted me to understand? I think that would be uh, really helpful. And what's going to make this most difficult uh, for you as a receiver is if you uh, get emotional about this. This becomes mm-hmm. an emotional exchange, and it, and it probably will at some point just because we're human beings and no one wants to be given feedback no matter just how nicely, directly, helpful uh, it's packaged. Uh, a lot of us can get uh, a little bit defensive. And the second you do that, the second you kind of uh, you you get flooded uh, emotionally or you begin to kind of get defensive, then you won't be able to track with what's going on. Because the only the only thing going on in your mind is fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And it's not uh, some of our uh, high functioning reasoning uh, that would normally go on if we're in a kind of a steady state. And so uh, you really need to make sure as a receiver uh, that you're kind of watching your emotions, that you've got them under control so that there is not, you know, conversation drift or and really uh, better said so that you can kind of focus in uh, on the one thing, uh, the two things. Uh, that someone is trying to give you uh, as feedback. So this kind of really is a really good bridge into our second uh, point, uh, and it's this. Don't be afraid to call a timeout. And so sometimes mm-hmm. when you're given a feedback, you might have been really well prepared uh, in giving it. You may have prayed. You may have thought about your words really carefully, and all of a sudden, it just doesn't go well. Uh, or as a receiver, uh, you're receiving it, and you really do want to, but again, you're just flooded emotionally. And so you're not listening. Uh, you're fighting with them. You're becoming really defensive. Uh, a great move is just to call a timeout. Yeah. And so if you were uh, giving feedback, you would just look at this person and say, you know what, this this actually got way more heated than I intended. I, I didn't even want this to to feel like an attack. I think it's kind of turned into one. So what if we just took, took a minute and, um, you know, we could come back later today. We can come back later. It's, it's not important to me. What is important is that this conversation goes well. And I feel like we're not, uh, it's not going well. Or as a receiver, if you, you know, you just find yourself again, getting really defensive, you know, I would say, hey, I, I think you're really trying to help me for whatever reason. I'm just getting really defensive and I don't want to be, could we come back mm-hmm. end of day? Could we come back tomorrow? Uh, because I want this to go well. I don't want us to have to clean up a meeting about the meeting, uh, you know, and all this. Uh, I, I just want to listen. And for whatever reason, I just can't. So could we uh, could we call a time out? If a fool gives vent to his anger, I don't want to give vent. And then uh, all, also, um, you, know, you could be the sender of the receiver. Sometimes what happens is there's a, um, you know, a one-two counterpunch that goes on. And all of a sudden, uh, rather than being helpful, both of you are fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, a really helpful metaphor, you know, we use it in marriage, is that of a kind of an A-frame ladder. And so, you know, Caitlin, if you and I were getting into it, you would uh, kind of say something to me. And, and there's a sense that you would take one step up the ladder. And I would say, oh, no, no, now, Caitlin's not going to be higher than me. And so I'm going to bring up something from the past. Well, there was also this one this one thing that we did, you know, six months ago. It didn't go well. And you were at the helm. And so, you know, I would uh, take a step or two up and then you'd go. But you know what? You're uh, you don't see this blind spot. And all of a sudden we're just do, 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 do. We're going up the ladder. If you kind of have that that visual. And what happens is if two people are standing at the very top of an A-frame ladder, they both get hurt. Mm. It both comes crashing down. So the best way not to get to the top, the best way to not to kind of inflict all kinds of damage uh, is for us both to never get on the ladder. And a timeout is a way to do so. So when I was newer to Watermark's culture of high feedback, I got this 
wrong often. Um, so I would approach feedback conversations and there are moments where I had several of my first early conversations, specifically as I was a new manager trying to give feedback where they would go sideways. I wasn't very good at it and emotions got heated. And I thought that the only answer was to stay in the conversation yep. until we got it resolved. And that sounds like a good idea on paper, but some of those feedback sessions early on were hours long and then everybody gets emotionally exhausted. You can't see the forest for the trees. And I wish I had time boxed those. Mm -hmm. And so now I know, um, and it's it, sometimes, sometimes a, a meeting can get heated and you can find your way out of it. Right. But when I sense what we're at that place where we're just kind of stuck, I know now to go, Oh, let's just, let's call it for the yep. day. Let's yep. all take a step back. But that's a mistake I made early on, which was not time boxing meetings. And my poor staff really put up with, <laughs> really put up with some immaturity in me. And, and I tried, as I tried to resolve that feedback and that conversation, um, at, at the expense of everybody's emotions and exhaustion. Yeah, which is to your point, you know, earlier in in the last episode, is that we're getting better at this. And so, once that happens once or twice, you if you're paying attention, you can kind of clue in and go, okay, you know what, uh, this is we've now uh, crossed a threshold, and this is going to be unproductive. Let's let's call a timeout, and that only happens um, from being in the ring mm -hmm. and doing it. You can't Absolutely. get that from a textbook. And that's part of what's at play here. And so, uh, so yeah, so the second principle is to not be afraid to call a timeout. So that takes us to principle number three, which is widen the circle next time. So if your first conversation goes awry, it can be helpful to bring in a neutral third party to the next go around to help you kind of navigate that conversation. So here at Watermark, we use the phrase widening the circle. And what that means is to bring somebody else into the conversation to help you coach both of you and how to, how to make your way forward in that conversation. So one of the reasons I would say that this is important is that communication is just not everybody's a gift. So this can be especially helpful to bring in somebody who's really good at that. Potentially, you've got somebody on your staff who's who's good at feedback and who can help you navigate that conversation and who you can learn from. So not being afraid, if you if you sense that there's just kind of a gap and y'all aren't hearing each other, bring in a fresh set of ears to hear the conversation. So um, there is a tip here, though, because I think it's important especially if you're the one asking to widen the circle that you communicate that the intent is to get is not to escalate yep. that it's to provide clarity. So I made this mistake early on where I was, I, I widened the circle and actually brought in my boss um, who I was working for at the time, who was really, really good at this. And the other person interpreted that as a huge escalation. And then we had to have do more damage control on the other side of that. So a pro tip is to make sure you communicate the intent of widening the circle. And sometimes an escalation might be appropriate if the other person is being belligerent or or not doesn't have a soft heart or, or things like that an escalation could be appropriate but try to read the other person's mail when you do that it can be a helpful tool but if you got to communicate the intent around that yeah that's right sometimes as a leader or the manager you absolutely have to play that card say you know what there's something that we all see that you do not see and so we are going to widen the circle which is to bring someone else in to really kind of help you understand and sometimes uh, you know it's a translation issue and and everybody's for each other they're just not hearing each other and you can bring in someone else and you know both parties can say hey i want to listen i want to make sure i speak clearly can you help us and mm -hmm. uh, that can absolutely be uh, just a really really good move so uh great point okay uh number four um is just making sure that you resolve relational hurt 
And again, just because, you know, we're all more thin skinned than we let on, there's going to be some times uh, during feedback that we uh, are just, just kind of hurting uh, relationally. And um, sometimes we said some things um, just intentionally. Sometimes they were just poorly worded. And all of a sudden now, uh, someone really is kind of reeling from a conversation that you intended, um, you know, to kind of be a blessing. And so take it to the bank. If you've never given feedback, uh, there's going to be a time uh, when you are prayed up when you're ready, when you've got helpful, um, you've got helpful kind of phrases and, um, you know, kind of action items for next time you walk into someone's office and say, I really want to help you. And it goes terribly south. And now rather than being encouraged by you, they're angry. Mm-hmm. And now there is a fracture in the relationship. If that's never happened, you just haven't been giving feedback long <laughs> enough because uh, that absolutely uh, will happen. Okay. And so uh, when that does happen, then what becomes really important then uh, is the relationship. If, you know, everybody's uh, is good hearted and they're trying to see their part and all those kind of things. And there's just some, uh, there is just some hurt. Then, um, you know, you, you have to really move towards that. That now becomes way more important than, than some of the kind of minor feedback that you may or may not have been trying to give somebody. So, uh, let me ask you this, Caitlin, we'll, we'll talk about how to get there, but how would you know, um, if you've put the relationship back on the rails? Um, you know, if you go, Hey, I've made I was, we were in a bad spot. We walked through this and now we're in a good spot. What would, what would that look like? So around here, we have a kind of a litmus test for if you feel like relationship, relational hurt has been resolved. And that is if you got in an elevator with them and the doors closed, would it feel awkward or would you be excited to ask them about how their day was? Yeah. And so um, just playing that forward potentially and putting yourself in a situation where you're with them one-on-one or you're walking to a meeting or whatever. And is there going to be any awkwardness or tension there? Anything unsaid, let's say. And if there is relational hurt has probably not been entirely resolved. Yeah, that's right. So I, that, that would be the envisioned future. So, so how do you, how do you get there? You know, what are, what are some of the steps? I, I think if I had one, uh, one tip, uh, it would be to play the long game and to not walk in uh, the next meeting and go, hey, we are going to fix this. Uh, when someone does that, when they say, We're, we've got to fix this, uh, really what they're saying is, we need to fix you, and you need to get on board, or you need to see the part that you played so we, we can move on. Uh, rather, uh, if you lead with, you know what, hey, this relationship's really important to me, mm-hmm. I want to make sure we get it right. And I don't know if we can do it today. Uh, it, it might take us several weeks, several months, but I just want you to know that I'm committed to that. That's a materially different frame um, it, that will kind of lead to very, very different results. And so there was a, a story that, you know, Adam Tarno and I shared and I, you know, <laughs> uh, it was about as tenuous as, as I remember a relationship being in a, in a really long time. And I remember some of the specifics, but I think the general posture was um, both of us sitting, uh, it was in my office, uh, with really no kind of time uh, horizon uh, that day or even uh, in the future. And we just listened to each other. And we also just talked about family and we talked baseball and we talked a lot of uh, other things. And it was just, it was real clear, hey, we're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I'm for you. I want this relationship to work. And what I thought was, I, I literally, you know, here, here was the co-host of this podcast. I thought I might have lost one of my best friends on the planet. Um, over time, it just we picked right back up where we mm-hmm. left off. And, and there were some tactical things that happened, but by and large, it was, you know what? I'm for you. And uh, this is now the way more important to me than the thing that we were uh, sideways about. So let's get that uh, figured out. And then 
if we even get to the the feedback piece, so be it. But this is now uh, primary for me, and so just not being uh, not being in a rush. And, um, and and the other thing I would say is like. You're just going to have to overlook some things. Uh, you know, Proverbs 19:11 there's a glory of a man to overlook an offense. And one of the ways you can move forward is just to like not uh, make an issue about some points. Mm-hmm. And so if you know, Caitlin, if I had three issues with you and you just weren't going to relent on one of them, uh, I probably would let it go. If it was, I mean, if it's glaring sin issue and you're tanking our church, I'll come after you. But you just go, John, I just don't see that one. Part of me is going to want to make sure that you do, and I'm just going to keep coming after you. Uh, the wise thing is to go, oh, you, know, you know what, Caitlin? That's fine. I'm for you. And uh, I'm going to pray that, you know, if that's a thing, that God will show it to you. And if not, that both of us will forget it. And I'm just going to move on. So I think uh, taking the long-term view and then overlooking some uh, some of the offenses is going to be one of the ways uh, that you resolve uh, kind of relational hurt. That's great. All right. Well, that brings us to principle number five, which is realize you are learning. So we've talked about this a little bit on a part one of our, our podcast, but um, fe- viewing feedback and, as a skill. And so if feedback goes wrong, don't get discouraged and don't wait that pain. A way you can think about it is when a feedback session goes wrong, that's actually really good data for mm-hmm. you. Uh, data for you can figure out how you can give feedback better next time, but also you're learning about the specific feedback style of the person you're giving feedback to, right? So we all give and receive feedback a little bit differently. We all have a different communication style, right? So you can use that as an opportunity to learn more about yourself and the other person. So for example, on my team, I generally have two camps of people, people who want to know feedback is coming so that they can mentally prepare and people who do not want to know that feedback is coming or else they are going to writhe in anxiety for a day or a couple hours. And so, but Uh, to figure out which person you are, take some trial and error. That's good. Take some getting it wrong and getting some data about the specific people on my team. So that's an example of I've gotten that wrong a few times and they've let me know, hey, it would have been more helpful if you had given me a little bit more time to prepare or it would have been more helpful um, if you had said this to me sooner, right? And so it's just takes a little bit of time to re- learn the unique feedback style. And so treating it, treating when feedback goes awry as data also just kind of helps make it feel a little less personal, I think, and discouraging because it's something you can learn from. Yeah, I love it. You're going to be Thomas Edison. You're going to learn a lot, of, a lot of ways to not make a light bulb. A lot of you, ways to not make a light bulb <laughs> until, until you a do. certain person. Yeah. And uh, same thing around feedback. So, hey, Caitlin, that was really helpful. Thank you so much uh, for just kind of helping us package this all together. And uh, I think it's really going to help some people. So if we're going to recap these principles as we close out, uh, there was five of them. You want to make sure that you recognize when conversation drift has happened. You want to make sure that you uh, aren't afraid to call a timeout, that you widen the circle next time, that resolve relational hurt and that you realize you're learning. And so I I think a great next step, uh, if you are a leader, if you're on a team, um, or even just to look at all by yourself, uh, is to take this uh, PDF printout that we've got with the the five principles for giving feedback, the five principles for receiving feedback, and then the five best practices for what do you do when uh, things don't go well. And I would have a conversation kind of with your team. Hey, how are we doing mm-hmm. on this? And uh, if, if no one else wants to play along, just use it uh, for yourself. Just walk into someone's office and say, hey, here is, um, here's a, a talk I heard, and I'm trying to get better at both giving and receiving feedback. And I, I'd love just your thoughts. If you could pick one and kind of each column that I could do better at and tell me why, I would really, really appreciate it. That'd be a great step. Uh, and then if your whole team will play along, I think it'd be great to talk about just kind of the team dynamics and how you are as a team giving and receiving feedback. Um, I really do think it's going to help you uh, build better leaders. It's going to help you build a a community of better leaders, and it will help you build uh, a healthier church. So thanks so much.
much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions or comments on today's episode, feel free to contact us at clp at watermark.org. And we will talk to you again next time. <laughs>